Well, hello and welcome to Fika with Arctic Eric. This is Arctic Eric at the kitchen table and thinking about you. As though you were right here with me wherever you might be, whatever you might be doing, thanks for listening. The message today, the thought today, is good news. God does not read statistics. What in the world might I mean by that? Well, it goes back to something that actually happened in my own family many, many years ago. My father, who at the age of 65, well beyond what statistics show is a reasonable age of, for us to expect him to repent and convert and embrace Jesus Christ, at the age of 65, my father prayed a prayer and asked Christ to come into his life. He repented. He turned his life to God. God came into him by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He was born anew. And it was amazing. He was an unchurched man. I grew up in a non-Christian household. And yet, immediately upon encountering Christ, he began to do two things daily without being instructed to. He opened the Word of God, he spent time in it, and he began to pray specifically for his family. Amazing, isn't it? God is not limited. We know there's much discussion today in in the uh, Christian world about the 414 window that a vast majority of those who are Christians today on a personal relationship with God through trusting Jesus Christ made that decision somewhere between the ages of 4 and 14. And we see then 30 and above, the rate drops tremendously. And I want to talk to those of you today, maybe you have adult children. Maybe you have parents that have not yet capitulated. I want to share some scriptures with you to encourage you today. We're all familiar with, if we're believers, John 3.16, that God so loved the world. God's incredible, unending love for the world that he created and everyone in it. He loves us. He loves the world so greatly that he saw our sin and he did something about it. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Marvelous. But let's, let's continue to think about that when we think about 2 Peter 3, 9, where the Word of God tells us that God is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some people might think slowness is. But God is patient, and he's not desiring, not wishing, or not wanting that anyone should perish, no matter what their age, but that everyone should reach out in repentance. Isn't that marvelous? And Jesus tells us in John chapter 6, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. Wow. God, we read in 1 Timothy, desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. God is on your side for your family. What do I mean by that? Yes, you're praying for your family because God's desire in your heart is that your family be saved. We read in the book of Acts that you and your household will be saved. God's desire 
is that you have peace about your lost ones. A peace that knows that God is at work, that his good will is being done. Yes, at the right opportunity, you answer questions they might ask, but we want to be so careful in our conversations with family members, particularly that aren't converted, to have God's wisdom when we testify. We talk about what God has done in our life, how our life has changed, and hopefully they can see the change. If they can't see the change, we need to be careful what we're talking about. We need to say, Lord, let your light in me shine brighter and brighter that they might see this new life that I have. The word of God tells us that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So we don't focus on the fact that our loved ones have not called on the Lord. We focus on the Lord. We focus on his desire that they not perish, his desire that they repent, his desire that they come to a saving knowledge, his desire that they believe in their hearts and be converted. Let's change our focus from the lostness to the Savior. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, not just for you and the whole world, but closer than that, for your family, because whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, and whoever does not shall not see life. But God's will is that we remember that there is salvation available, and it's not available in anyone else. There's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. So it's, Lord, let your good will, let your saving grace, let your mercy flow into my loved ones that don't know you. No matter how old, no matter how stiff-necked, no matter how anything. Listen, think about yourself. You met Christ. Christ met you. If he can meet you, he can meet others. He can meet your family. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I want to take people to the Father. That's Jesus' desire. Everyone who received him, who believes in his name, they have the right to become children. My father, 65 years old. Listen, the first person to be saved in my family was my mother in her early 40s. And one by one by one, the family came to Christ, one at a time. And last but not least, as I mentioned, was my dad at 65. So I want you to be encouraged today for your family, for your children, for your brothers and sisters, for your parents, and in some cases, for your grandparents. God shows his love for us while we are sinners. How? In that Christ died for us. Yeah, we know all have fallen short. All have sinned. But telling your loved ones that isn't the same as sharing the good news. The good news is Jesus Christ is standing there with them, working, desiring. Don't look at what they are or are not doing. Look at God. Look at what he's done in Jesus Christ on the cross. Look at what he's done in your own life and begin to treat family members as though they're a part of the family. 
What do I mean by that? It was kind of fun. My brothers and uh, my sister and I, when we would interact with dad, we would often uh, speak about things of the kingdom, but in an inclusive way. And he would listen, and we didn't exclude him. We didn't use uh, words that would cause him to feel like he's on the outside. Listen, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict of sin. That's his job. It's the Holy Spirit's job to let us know that we're his children. It's not our job to convict, and it's not our job to assure. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. And it was amazing how Dad would listen and at times uh, even contribute to the conversation so we were aware that he was listening. And the day came. In fact, he read a tract. I don't know exactly who had left it where, but it was in the house there. And I, I won't forget, he came out of another room and came into where we were. And he said, well, now I'm just like y'all. What? What do you mean? Well, I prayed that prayer. Jesus is my Lord. Well, no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. So that moment that he read the gospel, he read that track, he believed in his heart, and he became right with God. And he walks in the room and confesses what had happened. And we saw the fruit. Listen, God is not willing that any perish, but that all turn and repent. And that includes your children. It includes your siblings. It includes your parents. It includes your grandparents. May God help us to get our eyes back on Christ. He's the Savior of the world. He's the hope of the world. He's the joy and the gladness. It's about him. God is with you. He wants you and your household saved. Please, don't help him. Let him help you as he lives big through you, as he testifies through you about how you live in his love and how you have peace in your heart and how he is, in fact, your best friend. Let's not get legalistic about grace and goodness, and salvation. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Gosh, it's good to have you here at the kitchen table. I hope you're encouraged today. I hope that your hope will be in the Savior, in the King, in the one who died for your loved ones. We can begin to pray a prayer of thanks. Thank you, God, that you've given your Son for my nearest and dearest. Thank you, God, that it's your good will that they repent. Work in their lives, Lord. Pour out your amazing grace upon them. Draw them to yourself, Lord, that they might see Christ and believe and receive eternal life. God bless you today. Good day. <laughs>